Welcome to the Endurance Project. My name is Chris and I am your host. And this week's episode was a blast to record. I have been looking forward to it since we put it on the calendar. The music you're hearing was actually created by our guest. He creates all of the music for his YouTube videos. And most recently, he turned professional triathlete. If you subscribe to any YouTube channels that have anything to do with triathlon, you probably can guess who the guest is. I am excited to welcome to the show, Ari Clow. All right. Well, like I said in the intro, I am super excited when I reached out just about a week ago to uh, today's guest that uh, he responded really quick and was actually, I asked him in a roundabout way and he came back and he said, uh, if you're asking me on the show, sure, let's do it. And I, I went back and actually read the message I sent him and it was like alluding to it, but not actually just asking him. So thank, thankfully, he just straight out came back to me. He's like, are you asking me on the show? So <laughs> I think I was I figured, just so excited to message you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was just so nervous to message you, man, that uh, <laughs> I couldn't get the question out. So, but hey, man, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Professional triathlete, Ari Clow. That's got to be pretty cool now, thanks. huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, um, it's cool. It's it's a step, it's, you know, that you have to, to reach to make it in the field you have to you know earn your elite license but um for those who don't know i'm making zero more dollars than i was before uh due to the uh professional <laughs> moniker so um it's cool but it's not it's not that cool i haven't, haven't made it quite yet no, there's a milestone there that, uh, well, I'll say that most of us will, will not achieve. So congratulations to you on, on, on making that first step. So, I mean, yeah. not that you're, I mean, you, you have a background as being an elite athlete, obviously an NCAA runner, um, from, uh, university of Virginia, right? Yep. Yep. So, I mean, you, you've, it, you're not, uh, it's not like this is something new. You, you've, you've been running at a very, very high level for a long time, which is cool. But, uh, I, I kind of stumbled onto you, um, probably like many, uh, with YouTube and kind of your, your recent rise to fame, I'd say, um, in YouTube, I'd say, you know, there's, there's a lot of, I see all the time professional triathletes that I've, I've, I've never heard of, right. That they've been professional triathletes are trying to make it, but you've kind of had this rush to, uh, to fame in a sense where I'll say you started a YouTube channel and I think your first video was like nine months ago. And, uh, I went back and looked because I, I have, I don't know, just under 11,000 followers. And I'm like, bam, you start a YouTube channel and you've got like 16,000 followers, 60,000 views. <laughs> So that's yeah, off to those, you for just that alone. Yeah. Those I I can't give myself all the credit for that. Um, initially, I mean, as time goes on, I, I start to give myself more credit. But the way it started was I was living with another YouTuber who has you know, one of my best friends, the athlete special Spencer Brown. Yeah, you know, he he has I don't know he's probably on his way to seventy thousand subscribers now. So um, basically, just living with him and working out with him already sort of put people onto me. And then once I started the channel, he pretty much shared the first video. And I also said featuring the athlete special, which helps. So that got me a big bump 
just getting off the ground. And then obviously the whole, the training block that I did with Lionel was like round two of that, uh, just being, uh, associated with somebody else who, uh, for lack of a better word, has a lot of clout. So I can't give myself all the credit for getting where I am. I definitely have some, some good friends, um, in good places who were super willing to help me. So, um, but then I also, I understand that, uh, people wouldn't, watch the videos if they weren't good so the fact that people stick around uh gives me a bit more confidence that i'm i'm also doing something right yeah what i say uh what i like about your videos is they are i'll say very raw in that sense right there i mean in that i mean you record the emotions what's happening you, you know it, it, it i would say one of the biggest compliments I always get is uh, someone will watch my channel and then I'll see them at a race. Right. And they'll say to me, you're just like the person that's on the, you know, the, the, the videos, right. You're not different. And I always take that as a compliment that what I'm recording is real, right. It's transparent. It's not um, acted. And you know, the videos I see you putting out, they seem very real. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal, isn't it? It's to, share the journey that's i guess the common phrase um and yeah it wouldn't really be sharing the journey if it wasn't actually what was going on or if i was trying to put on some sort of facade which at times people have uh accused me of doing but oh really uh, yeah well there was there was this whole thing like briefly a little bit of beef with a fellow professional morgan pearson um it wasn't really beef but he was just uh, (laughs) he was poking fun at uh like so I get that that my first triathlon that I did in March, I made a video about it. I called it undefeated in triathlon. It was it was not yes. a competitive race at all. Like I, <laughs> I knew I had never done a triathlon and I was like, all right, if I don't win this, then I I should retire before my career starts. I should definitely win this race. So I won it and I, I titled the video Undefeated in Triathlon. It was a great video. I was had um my friend Johnny's help producing it, so just the video quality was amazing. Um I made some pretty good music for it. You know, sometimes I sort of strike gold on the music front and sometimes it's whatever, but that one turned out well just on all fronts. And it got, you know, 50, 60,000 views. It was very, one of my more successful videos. Um, and he got mad that it got so many views because I was like a nothing, a nothing triathlon. <laughs> he was like, you're, you're leading these people to believe that you're like the best triathlete in the world. And you're nothing. <laughs> It's just an entertaining video, relax. But yeah, um, if you watch the video, it's very honest, right? I mean, it... <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, but that's definitely. Um, I mean, partly, yeah, I get that. I, not that specific. Oh, you're just like you are on camera. Um, but just the, everybody says that sort of about the videos. That's like, oh, it's it's raw, it's authentic, and it's the, the. I think one of the funniest things is that the crappier the video quality, the more people say authentic. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I do get a little bit wary of making it like too high quality because I don't want to like stray from being um, almost like approachable. But I feel like I've I've just sort of been like that all my life. Like I just say what's on my mind, and people are often taken aback. And um, like you know, my college uh, roommates and teammates, who are now some of my best friends, the first time they met me, they hated me. <laughs> they couldn't say I don't know. They just couldn't say I didn't come on slowly at all. I was just like, this is who I am. And right, right. you know, get used to it. And they didn't like it at first, and then, and then they, you know, they started to understand sort of the, the sense of humor and um, just yeah, I'll just say what's on my mind. 
not really hold anything back. And, um, and it took me a while to realize that about myself, I was just sort of doing it. And now I have, um, sort of the wherewithal to understand that sometimes I can come off as abrasive, but it's been a, it's been definitely a positive quality of being able to talk to the camera, absolute stream of consciousness and not worry about it. And, and like, yeah, people really appreciate that. Yeah. It's not take after take after take. Right. I mean, it's one thing I've, I've tried to slowly over time, increase the quality of my videos. Right. Uh, the biggest thing is intelligibility, right? I mean, you, we, I was just talking about this with someone else that you can have terrible quality video, but as long as they can understand you, then, uh, that goes so far. And, um, I mean, yeah, I don't, when I say that they're raw, I don't think that they're bad by any means. Right. I mean, I assume you're using a GoPro and you know, those shoot decent quality most of the time. Right. I think that's probably, is that what you're using? Uh, yeah. So some, I mean, sometimes I just go iPhone, which the on sleep is, does the job really well. iPhone, um, I have a GoPro and, uh, I, I use that sometimes, uh, and the occasional drone shot. And then I, I also have like a, um, a small mirrorless uh, digital camera that works. I don't. Know, I, I I have a, a small arsenal of uh, video equipment, um, but yeah, most of the time it's just something like a GoPro or an iPhone, which definitely does the job. And at this point, you're shooting and editing most of your own videos. Yeah, unless uh, Johnny comes to town, which he did uh, a couple weeks ago for the uh, my seventy point three in Maine. Um, and then there's yep. another video coming out that he stuck around for that hopefully he'll finish uh, over the next couple of days. So uh, if that's the case, he does most of the filming and editing or almost all the filming and editing. And then um, I get to just focus on the music, which so I, I really yep. like when, when he's around and we get to do that. Otherwise, yeah, it's a it totally all. unique thing, by the way. I didn't, I didn't mention it, but the fact that you compose all the music for your videos, right? I, I license all my music. Uh, I have no m musical talent like that to to be able to uh, to put music to my own videos. But the fact that you also do that, which was really cool in that in the seventy point three main video, uh, you know, seeing sometimes I think in some of your videos, you've actually you've you've shown video of you composing it right uh, or maybe it's on yeah. instagram i forget but that's awesome uh, no, on youtube yeah and i mean that's a part of the the channel is it's my channel it's not my triathlon channel so making music is a huge part of my life it's like almost like in terms of what my hobbies are it's working out one half making music the other half uh and so i don't really showcase the music side as much especially because it's not really my job really just a hobby um but yeah making making the music for all the videos is uh again it's not something i focus on but it's really important that um that's the way the channel is and like when i started it i, I had sort of a bank of beats that i could use and then i started sort of running out of them um and it really got me in the habit of making a lot more music which i'm sort of thankful for uh and eventually i thought i would run out and go to epidemic sound or whatever license some music and then eventually i was able to keep keep up with the video making uh with like the music making could keep up with the video making that I was like, okay i'm never gonna have a piece on here that's not original and that's gonna be yeah, that's awesome 
Yeah, that's that's incredible. Coming from someone that right, I do use Epidemic Sound and Artlist for for all the music. And for me, I always say the hardest part of making a video is the music. Right, I can put all these clips and shoot it all during the week, and then sit down and and try and make um, a video. But finding that, and me, I'm finding the music, finding that piece of music that kind of connects emotionally to what I was, I'm either trying to get across or what I was feeling at the time. I mean, it, yeah. it's a huge task. I, I, I always go down a rabbit hole and all of a sudden I'm just like, okay, I've spent an hour looking for a song. I need to, I just need to pick one and move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in many ways that's, it makes it not only easier, but I can get even closer to what I'm trying to get across uh, because I'm in control of, of, and I guess the emotion that the viewer feels is, or, or, or I mean, I can only anticipate how they might feel based on how I feel uh, watching it and hearing it. But it's such a, a, a mix of what you're seeing and what you're hearing. And it's like somewhere in between there is the emotion that's conveyed. Um, and yeah, that's such a, a big part of the video. And it's, I think it, uh, the way Johnny says it is that I'm, I'm creating the soundtrack to my own, to my own life which like I thought that was such yeah. a, a cool way of putting it. And it makes, yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just really glad that I'm able to use you know, both of my passions in the same space. So uh, 100%. It's just, yeah, yeah. YouTube is just a, a great medium for, for me as an athlete and as a creator and a, a musician. Yeah. Well, the fact that you have that creative talent, right? There, there are people that uh, require basically someone else with that entire skill set to be able to do what you're doing. And so, and at some point you might get to that point, right? Where you're, you're too busy and too, too, you know, whatever, but, and maybe you only choose to do the music, but it's cool that you have the ability to do it on your own now and, and you enjoy yeah. it. Well, that would be awesome. That's the, the dream scenario is, uh, be making enough money to pay Johnny full time to film. And then all I do is make the music. That would be, you know, I, I like making videos, but I love making music. It's like, I'll, I'll do that for the rest of my life, even if I stop making, making videos. So uh, right. that, that would be sort of the dream scenario of the, the, the Talbot and Lionel, uh, the Kenny, Dan Long, where it's just like they film, but, and then I'm in control of, of what the viewer is hearing. Um, yeah. And I would, yeah, I would definitely have the time to do. Yeah. And it, uh, for it me, because I film almost everything myself, right? So it is an, a, sometimes there are, there's those times just like, I just don't want to film, right? And if someone was there to film you, there is no, I just don't want to film, right? You, you just film what's yep. going on. But um, that extra step in having to turn the camera on, having to, right? It's, it's easy to not turn it on. Um, it's, yeah, it's really easy. And that, that was, I went through that whole experience when I uh, came here to New Hampshire in, at the beginning of June. Uh, I started the channel in end of November, early December, uh, somewhere around there. And then I was, I was in the, the like YouTube honeymoon phase where I always wanted to make a video. And then, uh, Johnny came to basically live with me in Albuquerque and towards the end of January and started slowly taking it over. And then all the way up through May was, it was that sort of, he films, I make the music for the most part. Uh, and it, I didn't really have to think about, oh, I should be filming. Oh, let's turn on the camera. And then I got to New Hampshire. I was on my own. I had to start making everything completely by myself. And it, it was that like, I can't be asked today. And <laughs> not, not that many videos 
before May, which, you know, it was unfortunate, right. but, um, I also had to find and those out are the times, right. You really wish you were filming where those times, those times that I don't want to film are the times when I get past it and I realize I don't have any content for the video. It's like, ugh, I really wish I was filming when I didn't want to film. Right. Because th those exactly. are the times people connect with the most because that's the reality. Yeah. Right. When I don't want to film and I'm not motivated, <laughs> that's what people are. They want to see that. Yeah. And you convince yourself that what you're doing is something that you they, they've seen before or that's not worth putting on YouTube or for whatever reason, you convince yourself that it's not even worth it to film. And, um, I mean, it's just not true. I think if, you know, Lionel is always just a good example because I, I, you know, even beyond being a friend, I just look up to him as an athlete and as a, um, I, I watch everything that he and Talbot put out from start to finish. I, and even if, if you like uploaded the same, the same workout, the same workout and then him talking every week, I would watch it from start to finish. And, um, I don't feel that way when I'm making the same workout that I've already done. Like you've already seen me do this and I'm probably going to do it very similarly, but I mean, I think people just want to see exactly that. Yeah. And I think when he does those videos, he, there's always him talking about it. Right. So you're getting a picture into his current mental state, what he's thinking, how he's feeling. It's not just seeing him run laps on the track or whatever. Right. There's always that, um, insight into where he's at mentally at the time. Right. So I think that that's always changing and people are always yeah. curious where you're at. So, um, I think that's what people are drawn to. Oh, so. Exactly. It's like, I do the same, the, the exact same swim session every Tuesday. Um, it's, it's hundreds on whatever interval I'm now on 125. So, but it's, you know, approximately, uh, you try to get 10 seconds rest or more, um, if you can, but I've done that workout. I started at 10 and moved up to 12 and now I'm up to 20. Um, but I just didn't want to fill. I was like, I did this last week. I, like, I don't want to film 20 by 100 again or whatever I was doing you know, 15. Uh, it was just too easy to, uh, let myself off the hook, but. And filming I'm, swimming by yourself is hard. Yeah. I would usually have to ask my coach, just like, exactly. especially if you're doing yeah. a real serious workout, right? It's like, um, do 10 by one hundreds or 20 by one hundreds. It's like, hold on, give me 30 seconds to put the camera in the pool or put it out. Right. It's totally disruptive. Well, that, that's the other thing about, uh, swimming is I do, I feel self-conscious on camera. Um, you know, as much as I would like to not, when I'm being filmed running or I'm being filmed cycling, I don't care i don't care if there's a camera there and i act like there's no camera there because good workout bad workout I, I just know how to take care of business uh when it's really kind of only my legs hurting like that and i know how to hold my form when i'm really tired i know how to still run fast when i'm feeling really crappy running um and i just i know that like if somebody were to comment something stupid or what like i just don't care what people think about me running because i know i've i you know i can obviously still get better at running but for the most part like I figured that one out. I've been doing it for a decade, but swimming when I'm on camera, I know that my form's not great. You know, it's getting better. And I know I, now what I'm doing wrong for or a lot of things that I'm doing wrong, but they're very hard to correct when you're you know, 16 reps and do a, a 20 rep workout. That's really hard. And so I know I'm being filmed. I'm probably being a little bit sloppy. 
know, your 12 year old son who's been swimming since he was six can probably beat me. Yes. Like, go, ahead, <laughs> go ahead and comment that. But, um, so, you know, I, I, uh, I definitely don't have, or, you know, I try to have a thick skin when it comes to, um, when it comes to anything, but swimming, I just, I know, uh, it kind of gets in my head a little bit, not to the point where I'm going to slow down or anything, but I'm just like, uh, I know I'm doing something wrong and it, it's just a little bit distracting at times being on camera yeah. uh, while swimming, you know, which is something I need to get better at. It's well, and that's YouTube, right? I mean, that's in social media in general. Um, I've had to learn and I'm not elite by any means, but uh, having to learn to deal with um, everybody being an expert, right? And obviously, you're an elite level athlete, and to have every Joe Schmo on YouTube be able to uh, throw darts at what you're doing, you either, you know, it, it takes thick, thick skin, right? And uh, so, I mean, how, how have you dealt with that? Has, has that been tough? Um, well, I think it's good that. I have a coach. So everyone who gives me advice on what I need to fix, I, I don't pay it any mind because I have a list of things, like a very short list of things. In fact, that my coach is like, we're working on this now. And I'm intentionally not telling you other things that you need to work on. Because if you are thinking about too many things at once, you're going to fix none of them. So, you know, we have like these two or three things that you focus on during all these sessions and as they slowly get better then i'll introduce one more thing that we work on and make sure that you know we're kind of fixing one thing at a time so when it's the youtube comment swim coaches uh there's i'm i'm in a good headspace with that as far as okay maybe i am doing that wrong but i'm not going to worry about it right now and worrying about it will probably be worse um, and then there's you know, always the right. people just like, you'll never make it because you're too slow. You started too late. You don't understand how good these other swimmers are. And that's like, I thrive on that. I'll keep, right. keep telling right. that. Um, and it's, I, I don't, it, it feels um, arrogant to say that I know I'm going to be a great swimmer. But in my mind, it's like, I I'm, there's no way it doesn't happen. You know, it's not, I know that I can't just will myself to do it but if i continue to make the the aerobic gains in the pool continue to um, gain that sort of muscular efficiency with the specific movements that swimming requires and i work on my technique every single day and i have a, a technique specific session with my coach every week um you know those are it's kind of like it, it is your technique and your fitness that makes you uh a good, at least a good pool swimmer. Open water is a little bit more, you know, racing technique. But right. if I get great technique and I get great swimming specific fitness, I don't see how I'm not a good swimmer in there. So it's like it's, I just have to make progress on the right fronts. And maybe I never will be a front pack swimmer, um, but I'm never going to let myself think that. You no, know, because it's like self defeating. One hundred percent. I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go exactly. into the pool, and I'm yeah, I'm going to go into the pool every day, and I, you know, and every night I think about, oh, I want to be, I want to be a great swimmer. You know, it's, I, I think just last night was like sort of this mental breakthrough of like, okay, I don't just want to get to the standard of being a good swimmer so that I can be a great triathlete. Like, I just want to figure out how good of a swimmer I can be at this point because I've put in now six months of swimming and I'm improving and I want to see how far I can take it in the same way that I had done with running for a decade and I'm now doing with cycling. Like it's not even about triathlon anymore. 
how good of a swimmer can I be? You know? and, right. and in the context right. of triathlon, it's extremely helpful as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I complete, I'm, I'm coming to learn that, that mindset. It's funny how you'll have that mindset in certain areas of your life. And then another area you won't. And I found, uh, my coach said it to me recently where, um, I was talking about a race and one of my goals is to qualify for as an age grouper, I'm 45 years old to qualify, uh, for, uh, 70.3 world championships. Right. And it was going to be in new, uh, new Zealand. And in my mind, I had already set it up that, Oh, it's going to be in new Zealand. There'll be less people who qualify that'll want to commit to that trip and the cost and blah, 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 blah. There'll be roll down. So maybe sixth place would be good enough or whatnot. And boom, all of a sudden now it's in Utah and, and just these things. And, and he's like, why are you talking about roll down spots? That's not, that's not acceptable. Right. You know, that's not how you want to qualify. Right. So don't even, right? you want to be this, this is what you want to, and it's just changing that mindset and realizing that, yeah, you got to have the mindset of where you want to be. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're trying to qualify, I mean, qualify for anything, age group or pro, um, yeah, you, you have to race to your ability on the day, right? You can't say, I mean, I, I think it, it is, sort of self-defeating to say, Oh, I'm in, I'm in fifth place right now. I'm good. You know, that's how you kind of, that's how you get complacent, right? If you say, I want to figure out how good I can be today and I'm going to go as hard as I can, right. Then you, that's how you get the spot. And maybe you do come in sixth and maybe it does roll down, but at least you were like, well, you know, I know, I know that's where I am and I'm, I'm happy with the effort. Uh, and that's, I, I sort of had that in college a lot where, uh, it was almost the same it was a similar concept of I had a time in my head that I wanted to hit in a race. And if it was a track race or even sometimes a cross country race where I knew the course, I would say, I want to go this time. Uh, and it took me uh, the better part of nine years to understand that racing for time was you're not racing. That's, that's what a time trial is for. And as soon right. as you sort of get a second off pace, like even if you're in the race, you sort of just maybe you start, you're okay with dropping back because you're like, oh, well, the whole time thing's out the window. Um, and so I, I had an athlete, uh, I'm coaching a couple athletes now. They're like, oh, I wanted to run this. Who's talking about cross country. I wanted to run this. And I was like, don't never go into a race thinking about how fast you want to just try to beat as many people as you can. And the best way to run fast, especially on the track is to win the race. And if the race is fast, then you have run fast by winning the race. But like if the race is slow, you still want to win it. Um like so right. just going going into a race thinking about time or thinking about uh how you're gonna qualify with with roll downs. Um I mean I think you should just go into it saying I want to figure out what I have on this day and I want to figure out how can I execute under pressure. Like what what has all this training gotten me? Right. And I, and I completely get it because it happens all the time where, you know, you come out of say the swim or whatever, or maybe the bike was hillier than you thought. And it's like, oh man, I didn't ride this time, but everybody had to go through that. You have no idea what is happening in front of you or behind you. Right. And, and yeah, the, those times are irrelevant, um, on any given day, I guess. So yeah, I completely yeah, you know, times, get it. Times, watts, what, yeah, whatever it is, it's, uh, it, it, and that's one of the great things about triathlon is time really doesn't, uh, it's, it's really just all about competing because the course, the conditions, they play into it so much, especially that's, a, there's so many really hot, hot races 
triathlon. Such a common, you know, like in uh, track at road running and cross country, it's like it's kind of rare to have a really really hot race where the conditions play into it like that. I think they're all set mm-hmm. up so that um, conditions are good and and everyone can run fast. Versus you know we have Ironman Danuga this weekend and it's going to yeah. be hot and like the world championship is in it's always like 85 90 degrees and like 90 percent humidity it's, uh, it's like yeah. a death race or or utah um, last weekend crazy yeah, storms so, I mean, yeah <laughs> you just have to compete and like see how many people you can beat in, in those conditions yeah it just doesn't really matter how long it takes is only a measure of you know benchmarking who beat who that's kind of the only purpose of having a clock on in a way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but that's 100% true. Uh, well, let's step back. Cause I have lots of questions, but I, I wanted yeah. to step back. It's probably repetitive for you cause uh, you've told your story a lot, but for some of those who don't know, uh, go back a little bit prior to, um, you, uh, there was a turning point, which obviously you wanted to transition to triathlon, but you were a collegiate runner. So you ran through school and kind of, I guess, some of the backstory, I guess, would be good because you've also uh, recently, unless you, you know, for me, watched every video, even watching the videos, you were here, then you're now here in Arizona, then all of a sudden you're in, uh, you're in Austin, maybe that was before Arizona, and now you're in New Hampshire. It's like, man, what a journey. So I guess maybe uh, let's go through a little bit of that because one of the things I want to get to is um, you're working on your swim. Right. And I looked at your, your, you know, some of your swim times um, while in your mind you have and as a pro triathlete, a place you want to get to with the swim. Um, you swam a 29 at uh, Maine, which, you know, the 95 percent of people will never swim a 29. So you obviously are already excelling as a swimmer. I just don't know how long you've been swimming. So let's go back and then kind of move our way forward yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah. So I. I, I guess it is funny. I moved around a lot, um, which is odd because I lived in a uh, suburb of Hartford, Connecticut, my parents' house for 18 years. And then I lived in Virginia for five years in uh, a dorm for the first year and then the same house for the next four years um, with the same roommate for four of those years. And uh, and then, well, actually, I didn't graduate. So I was getting in that fifth year. I was getting my master's. COVID hit entire season was uh canceled and i was having an awful time anyway i did not like my master's program or i mean it was just it was a master's in computer science and i just was not ready to be doing that i think i was not ready for the intensity of uh, an engineering master's program coupled with trying to run you know at the highest level i i ever have so so when you graduated uh, with your bachelor's did you go um were you a um a computer science major yeah, with your bachelor's? Yeah, computer science. Yeah, computer science and math. And then so just went straight back to UVA for the You just rolled year. right back into which is yeah. uh, more common now. It's funny that you know, when you know, I'm 45, but when I graduated, there was this time period, right? Where you graduated, you went and got some real world experience and you kind of came back. And that's just not the case anymore. Now you just kind of roll all the way through. Yeah, it's very common. But especially for athletics, it was like, you know, I have my fifth year of eligibility. So if I'm going to use it, I have to get a master's program in my mind. I didn't want to do the, uh, there are some easier programs that the, the uh, some athletes do to come back for their fifth year and basically just 
have a joke of an academic year and focus on whatever their sport is. Um, and that just didn't feel worth my time. Um, so did the computer science one and uh, withdrew after everything was canceled because I, I had a job offer uh, for the summer. And I, I asked my boss if I, I could just start early. Um, he said, yeah, screw the masters, like just start working. Uh, so I did that uh, from March to June, uh, just worked at home in Charlottesville and ran. And then and you were, were you uh, programming? Yeah. Yeah. I was software engineering. Um, mm-hmm. And then moved to Boulder with my friend Spencer and, and a couple other friends. So we were in Boulder for uh, about three months just for the summer. And then me, Spencer and our friend Will moved to Seattle because uh, Spencer had signed his uh, pro running contract with the Brooks Beast. And my whole plan was to keep, to keep running, profe- or, you know, Strug Pro. That's where Strug Pro came from is, um, you know, I don't have a contract. I have a full-time job and I'm still trying to be a professional struggling. Yeah, I was going to ask you about so, that term. I had to uh, look that, you, know, you, t- you say it all the time, right? And I'm not in that oh, yeah. world. And, so I was like, what is, what is a Strug cake? What is a Strug Pro? Right? What does this mean? Yeah. And actually, your YouTube uh, bio actually says, right? You're, you're unsponsored post-collegiate athlete working full-time. Yep. So that's kind of where the term came from. Yeah. Strug pro opposed to real pro sponsored pro. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so for, we, we get to uh, uh, Seattle and, um, early October, I get injured and I, I was healthy, like completely healthy for three years. And then, uh, one day on a run out of nowhere, my, one of the tendons in my feet just blows up like three miles from home. And I was like hobbled on it. And then eventually just, limped home you know i limped like you know the final mile and a half home i was like i'm done running uh Mm. and um interestingly i was not like a cyclist at this time but i had i had a bike and i I liked biking you know on occasion on day off or whatever it was um so the next day um actually i biked 100 miles i just kind of wanted to see how far i could go uh so i made it like 104 yeah (laughs) how did uh, your ass feel the next day (laughs) um to go back there was there's some footage of it. i assume <laughs> i assume i was not feeling too good and i remember i got off like i can't i can't walk i need food i'm like i don't know uh, whenever i've taken a long break from the bike i it, the ride isn't bad it's a day or so later when you try and get back on the bike right and you realize yeah, oh like, my god rubbing, and, yeah. <laughs> so anyway that I was do? i was not a cyclist yet but i that was me just like getting on the bike seeing how far i could go i didn't have any power or anything um, but, uh, this injury over the next three weeks, three and a half weeks, just was not progressing. I would try to run, blow up again. So I bought a bike trainer, um, so I could bike cause it was raining every day in Seattle. So I bought this bike trainer and now I have power also. Um, so like the first day I got it, I did an FTP test, and, uh, 350 Watts for 20 minutes. I look it up and I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. And then, yeah. Uh, a month later, I went 360 watts after sort of like a training block and just had like a, a great time. I was like, I love this. This is so similar to running, but different enough where I just, I, I'm in love with it. So I kept cycling as I came back to running. And then we went to Albuquerque for uh, Spencer's team had their altitude camp. So I tagged along um, and then decided to just completely not even try to work out with them. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm just going to bike and run. Um, 
and I was swimming every once in a while, um, or once or twice a week. And, uh, and now were you swimming because you were injured or were you, had you ever competed as a swimmer, any training as a swimmer, like high school swim team, anything? No, no, nothing. Um, so I was, it was partly because I was injured, partly because you know, I, I I had to have half an eye on triathlon at that point, uh, just because I was already biking and, and running. Um, but I, I wasn't paying it too much mind. And also, like, COVID was not good, uh, and it was extremely hard to, like, find a lane anywhere. So I, I just wasn't too concerned yeah. about it. Um, and then at some point in Albuquerque, and I was building up for this 5K uh, in Austin, track 5K. Um and at some point in Austin, uh, Talbot, Talbot Cox just hit me up on Instagram and I was like, yo, we found your YouTube channel. Like, let us get some of these beats. Uh, how much, or how much do you want? I was like, well, it's free if you want to collab. And he was like, all right, dude, come to Tucson anytime. And I was like, that's cool. I, I, I wonder how him. that happened. Yeah. So I, I, well, I called him and, um, I, I guess a, t- a, a tidbit here is we didn't, we terminated our lease in Seattle because they wouldn't let us extend it. Um, so when we went to Albuquerque, we didn't want to be paying two rent. So we just terminated it. Um, saved us a lot of money, but we, then we didn't have a place to go back to in Seattle. We were going to have to find one. Um, so I said, instead, can I, uh, let me just come to Tucson and how can I just swim like with Lionel? Is that, is that like a, is a possible thing? Like just try out triathlon. Um, and he was like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I'll hook you up with the, with the coach, with Justin, we'll get you swimming. And, um, yeah, so we went to Austin for the 5K. Loved it so much that we extended. So we ended up being there for like over three weeks. Uh, and then um, went to Tucson, uh, not before I crashed my car. So that was a whole debacle. There's a video on that if you're curious. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, we went to Tucson <laughs> and I started swimming every day and fell in love with that too. Just fell in love with triathlon training. Um, you know, biking and running was cool, but then adding a third was really, really and I was always someone in running who wanted to do more and more mileage and more and more uh, like quality sessions. And I just couldn't get enough. And oftentimes would, would dig myself a hole, run myself in the ground just because running as a load bearing sport, you're much more likely right. to have issues when you go over that line. But with triathlon, it's like two of the three disciplines, the most time consuming disciplines as well are like non load bearing. So you just, do them yeah. as much as you want. You can tire yourself out. And as long as you don't, you know, run yourself into or swim and bike yourself rather into true overtraining syndrome, like, you know, hormonal suppression, you can just keep going. And I loved it. I just, I love knocking out three sessions in a day and just feeling tired and just sort of grinding. Um, so I finally, once, once I was in Tucson, felt like I had found my sport. Um, you know, there was no sort of going back to, to distance running at this point. Um, and then at, at one point in Tucson, uh, my current coach, James Peterson, you know, we had been talking for a while. He was sort of recruiting me, trying to get me to do triathlon. Um, and I was like, okay, well now I'm, I'm doing triathlon and, and uh, fine, you can be my coach. And he expressed a lot of interest in being my coach. And um, so he started coaching me there. And then the plan was after a, a sort of Tucson block, I'll come to New Hampshire and we'll, we'll, you'll be on hand to, dial in my swim stroke. We'll fix everything and we'll get good at swimming. So that is how I ended up in New Hampshire. But, um, I guess to run through it, it was Boulder to Seattle, to Albuquerque, to Austin, to Tucson, uh, to, I spent a little bit of time in Charlottesville between, 
uh, Tucson and New Hampshire, but, and then, so, and I've been in New Hampshire ever since, which is the longest, been f- almost four months, which is the longest stretch of time I've spent somewhere since living in Charlottesville for college. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting to see. Cause, um, you know, I, like I said, I found, I think the very first video I found of yours was probably because it was recommended because being connected with Lionel and, and things like that, uh, was your, uh, was it, a it was a three by, it was either like a 5k, 5k, 3k, something uh, like that. Right. That that's yeah. like the one that yep. you guys were running, I don't know, five minute mile pace or five, 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 ten, something like that. Right. And, and our, that's the first video. And it was like, dude, who's this guy that boom, he shows up, he's running with Lionel and right. And that's when I started researching you and, and getting to learn more about you. So, yeah, so yeah, I was curious. Like, yeah. yeah, go I, ahead. Yeah, so it's RG, yeah, just so interesting how people, how people caught on, I guess. And it's like, you're, you're not the first person to say like, Oh, you blew up like out of nowhere. And like, I don't, I don't feel that way at all. I guess maybe I'm oblivious <laughs> to it. But it's like, well, you come uh, to someone's awareness, just, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and, and but that was the case again. That's like I was saying at the beginning is that was all, uh, maybe you would have found me eventually, but just being having Lionel's name in the video uh, just automatically gets a lot of people, uh, you know, recommended by the YouTube algorithm uh, to see what it's all about. Um, but yeah, I mean, that workout, that was the, uh, I think a lot of people saw that as the epitome of, oh, this guy sort of shares everything. Because it was, I just had, I was really angry about that workout. And like, before it, I was like, I'm going to do this crazy thing. And I'm like, well, you know, Lionel's not going to be able to hang. And then it was 90 <laughs> degrees out and Lionel just absolutely smoked me. Um, and, and, and this was also, the triathlon fatigue was like really building up and I had never been that tired going into a running session before um so just all these different things just being new to triathlon being new to triathlon training and fatigue and 90 degree heat which lionel just seemed to thrive in and um yeah he just absolutely cooked it and i got cooked but yeah that was i think a lot of people because it it wasn't a here look at this crazy workout i did it was like look at me yeah absolutely destroyed um which I guess, but you know what? At the same time, that, that, that speaks. Off. Yeah, but you know, it's cool though. It speaks a lot to that you posted it, right? And and obvious, you know, it it obviously was successful uh, as a video, but um, just in the sense that it wasn't one of these things where it's like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to post that, right? But uh, that just speaks yeah. to the uh, transparency, right? And and you're really yeah. showing what's happening. Well, yeah, it's more so one side have decided to film a session and again johnny was here for this one and so we you know he was filming it and we're not not going to use it it's like my job is to post youtube videos whether they're right. good or bad or the workout is good or bad and it's like, i and i don't really care what people think of me having a bad workout um i think yeah. again it's part of sharing what actually happened and uh good workout or bad workout i thought the, the video itself was cool and I really liked the music that I put together for it. And I don't know, looking back on it, it's just really funny watching me be like, ah, the one at the beginning of the video, me saying like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, I'm going to run five minute pace for nine miles. And, uh, and then just like absolutely dying. And what I was saying in the middle of this workout and, um, yeah. you know, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. That, I those are the it. best videos. You know, those are those are some of my best videos where you know I, the the race didn't go the way you wanted it to, or right, people want to see failure in a sense, right? Because they 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 see that it's not just them that's failing, right? Everybody fails, right? Everybody has a bad day. Everybody takes off, bites off more than they can chew, right? So there's a lot of relatability in that. Yeah. Well, there was this weird, uh, I guess, mental switch about normally when things are going downhill, uh, you, uh, you don't want it to get worse. But so after I, I crashed my car, um, and I just like, I was literally sleeping in a hammock in, uh, a park in Austin. And so for those who don't know, how did you crash your car? Oh, okay. I mean, it was just a, a dumb, Okay. I don't actually know what happened as far as like, <laughs> I was trying to turn around. I was on the wrong street. I was trying to make a U-turn. Um, and I veered right to give myself more space. Uh, cause it wasn't like a super wide street. And, uh, all I remember is I veered right and then turned back left and just smashed into somebody. They had tried to come by me like right at the time that I was trying to make ah. this U-turn. So I just like my front bumper hit their rear bumper and, uh, like it was neither of us were hurt and it was like a very low speed crash but it was enough that i had to wait for three weeks for my car to get repaired um so i mean really glad that neither of us were hurt and that was in uh, austin that was in austin yeah yeah because i think you had a video Uh, like homeless and something in austin yeah (laughs) homeless and in austin and yeah part of me actually regrets that title because obviously i was not you know um i guess the term is is experiencing homelessness. I was houseless. Um, and I knew, right. I knew I had, right. I had a lease in Tucson. I just had to get it. Um, right. but well, that's one uh, thing for YouTube. Yeah. Everybody will make sure they know, or, you know, when you say something that you shouldn't have said, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually nobody said that, which I was surprised oh, okay. at. Um, but I mean, uh, so I, but anyway, back to it, I thought I kind of want to see how much worse the, this can get because I'm going to post it on YouTube and it's just like even more like hilarious and crazy. Like just the worst thing that, you know, the worst they get, it's like, I want to see how far down it can, you know, wherever it ends up going up to is an even greater rise. I didn't actually want that to happen, but I was like, uh, if something else happened, I would deal with it. And, uh, I'm going to put it all on YouTube and it's going to be crazy to look back on. Like who knows what, yeah. um, but thankfully that was Great about experience. as bad as it got. And, uh, yeah, we drove, Johnny drove to Tucson. We drove in Johnny's camper van and uh, got my car later, um, about three weeks later. So um, anyway, I forgot where I was, where I ended up going with that, but. I interrupted you and made you talk about the uh, <laughs> the car crash. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, but it, anyway, I guess I was just. um Oh yeah, I mean, we were just talking about like how uh, I wasn't, I didn't mind that this was right. rock bottom, and I was curious that maybe it could, maybe it could get worse. So yeah, just sharing all, all of the bad stuff. People like the, uh, oh, you were talking about how people love seeing failure. And I was like, yeah, that that resonates heavily <laughs> with with the you know, the normal YouTube viewer. Um, it's just yeah, seeing somebody they know or somebody famous or whoever it is just posting like this this bad thing happened to me or I did poorly now. And this is how I feel about it. Um, so again, yeah, that sort of 
I mean, it's almost more normal. Um, you make yourself approachable and you make yourself human yeah. when you talk yeah. about all the bad things that happen. Yeah, you're relatable, right? I mean, that's that's the thing for me. The injuries, the bad days, the whatever it is, right? The 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 failed nutrition days, you know, whatever it is, uh, you make it available. People realize that, yeah, everybody's human. You're human, right? So, so now you are back in New Hampshire, and there there's kind of a story behind that, right? You're you're living with a bunch of other athletes, right? Yeah, yeah, three other pro triathletes. And how much are you guys training together? Um, So we all have, we all swim together every morning. Uh, Well, not together. They're all way far ahead of of myself. And yeah, so I've been swimming for, I got to Tucson mid-March. So it's been just over six months. Uh, And they, the next sort of closest person my roommate has been swimming for uh well over a year and a half um and then you know two my other two roommates have been swimming their entire life so they they both ran in college but in addition to that they've been swimming since they were kids so mm. they're both on their they're swimming up they do they're, they're 20 by 100 they'll go um or they have gone on 110 you know coming average 59 uh just like crazy you know, it's, it doesn't get that much better than that. That's like the, the top, top ITU swimmers will maybe go a little bit faster than that, maybe a slightly tighter interval. Um, but again, it doesn't get that much better. Than that. So, you know, I'm back on the, on the 125 and I, I have not done a workout in the pool with anyone because my, my intervals are generally a bit too slow for everyone else. So, uh, well, I mean, I know yeah. how fast that is because I did, um, 12 100s on the one or it was 130 swimming 120 taking 10 seconds and so i know i you and i swam in high school and then took a huge break right i took uh you know i'm getting back into swimming after 10 years and it is so frustrating to swim and feel and i swim with a bunch of masters who are super fast and you look at their form and you look at the way you're they're swimming and it's just like they're gliding through the water how are they that much faster than i am right yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's, there's it's, this like muscle memory uh just feeling the water you know how to move yourself through the water you know what movement you are doing that create drag or that uh minimize drag and how to maximize your surface area with, and, and I don't know if, you know, I don't think they're thinking that, but they just know right. in, in, yeah. in their, in their nervous system, they know how to move themselves through the water. And, you know, I'm, you know, I don't even want to say I have, I have a fraction of that, but I have a lot more now the awareness of myself in the water than I did uh, six months ago. Um, just, you know, in terms of feeling a little, little tiny things changes in hand position changes in body position um Mm -hmm. that do make do make a big difference but yeah so uh we swim in the same pool but i i don't they swim together often but i swim on my own just you know working on my own stuff um and and i do want to say i'm getting close i'm very close i just need to tighten my interval by five more seconds and then i can do a 20 by one Um, nice. it might, it might take me a while, but, uh, you know, a couple more months, that kind of thing. But, um, I'm, I'm getting close. 
and uh yeah and then we uh, often if our our uh it's an easy bike and an easy run it's on our own um and so we'll often do those together uh but it's just you know timing like we all have stuff to do like you know if i have to get on a podcast at 6 30 then i might have to ride on my own or whatever it is um and then we have sometimes team bikes like yesterday we had a team bike and uh every tuesday and saturday our team runs so um yeah it's a lot of a lot of uh training together um although it's not i wouldn't say we like push each other in the same way that uh you do on a on say a college team um if you're like a college running team or a college swim team uh where the gaps are really really close and you have to be on your a game or like somebody else is gonna uh just gonna get the better of you um yep. the gaps are are fairly large so it's like i uh i sort of have one teammate who if i had a bad day he would he would be able to run with me um it's like i would i don't think he would ever be able to run away from me um and then nobody else on the team can run with me on a hard day right and it's like i cannot approach swimming with uh, my roommates on any of their hard days um and uh, biking we actually are similar enough to to really push each other but uh often we have sort of set power targets that we're supposed to hit so um yesterday was actually a cool session where i, I was able to bike with uh with one of my roommates and we were able to just push each other and not worry about the target the power target um but it's just in general like keep holding each other accountable like we all go to bed really early we're all eating really well and everyone's on top of every session that they have to do. So like, uh, even though we're not necessarily on each other's butts during the sessions, the, uh, the remaining, whatever it is, 20 hours a day outside of training is, uh, we're, we're pushing each other there and we're always talking about what we can do to be better and, and what we dream of doing. in Yeah. I mean, it's pretty awesome. You're living and breathing it. And like you said, when you're outside of the workouts, all that other time is you're within a community that has such a similar focus that you're kind of all pulling each other forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just, yeah, they know a lot about swimming that I can just sort of pick their brains about this and what they did, you know, in high school and how their training is different now. And obviously I have a huge background in running and and running is almost the least useful to know a lot about because it's just like, I've been doing, you know, I ran a hundred miles a week for like three years straight. So that's how I got good. It's, uh, there's, there are definitely, I don't want to say secrets in swimming. Um, but there are a lot of things you have to, uh, like if I were coaching, you know, I guess not coaching someone, but just had to tell them how to be a good runner. I could do it in 15 minutes. So just like for the next four years, just do this and you will be a great mm. runner. Um, but yeah, with swimming, you kind of need to know all the little things. So it's just helpful. To yeah. And it's so easy. I feel like to get overloaded in swimming, right? There's so many things that it's easy to tell someone, well, you need to work on this, the way your hand enters the water, the way you pull, right? You know, high elbow this and your feet are dragging, make sure you push your head down, your chest needs to be in the water. So your feet are, it's so easy to overwhelm somebody in the water and yeah. well, you, know, you really have to treat one thing at a time. Yeah, well, and that's what I was saying about the the YouTube comment coaches of like, I just don't listen because I've already, like, I have enough to think about that I can't do them all at once. 
or it's very hard to do them all at once. And I've been in the pool, just swimming steady, being like, okay, I'm going to focus on this, focus on this, focus on this. And all of a sudden I realized I haven't breathed in seven strokes because <laughs> that's just like, I, I just, I forgot, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's right, not right. ingrained in me enough. <laughs> and I'm sure my teammates would never forget if they, they just, it's natural. They're just like, okay, I go up for a breath and I don't think about it. But I was still at the point where I was kind of like, all right, one, two, three, breathe. And if I'm thinking about hand enters here and catch, pull, keep your ankles flexed, blah, blah, blah. Um, I literally just forgot to breathe, you know, during one or two cycles. So it's absolutely yeah. true. You can definitely just, there's, there are so many, so many in the water that you need to be aware of. Yeah. And you know what I find? It's funny. Whenever I I post a video of me swimming, I'm very aware that as I've come back to swimming um, after taking so many years off, I tend to, and it's a balancing mechanism. It's, t- it's terrible, but I tend to cross my feet when I breathe, right? It's, it's a counterbalance and yeah. it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. It slows you down, but, and I'm very aware of it and I swim Fine, and I and I'm and I'm aware of it when I'm when I'm starting, but you get me fifteen hundred, two thousand yards into a workout, and yeah, those those feet are all over the place, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> they're, they're crisscrossing. Yeah. <laughs> there's almost like nothing you can do, uh, you know. And I, I said earlier, like I know how to hold my form when I'm getting really tired uh, running, and I just don't have the neuromuscular awareness or proprioception or whatever it is to make those changes while I'm really tired. It's like, I just don't have the ability to feel the way my hand is entering the water. I have this horrible, um, and I, I'm slowly, I think I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I can fix this when I'm really tired, but I had this crossover where my left arm was just crossing over my center line before it straightened mm-hmm. out. And, uh, my coach was always like, yeah, you're, it's good. But once you get tired, it starts creeping up again. And then it gets bad as the workout goes on. It's like, I thought I was doing a good job the whole time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I don't know what the, uh, physiological systems are that, uh, allow you to, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe it's just more feel for the water. It's again, you just get it with time It's awareness of the way, um, your body is moving when you get really tired because i guess when you get really tired you probably lose lose some functions you lose some senses and um i guess it's about getting more sense so that when you lose it you can still uh understand what your body's doing when you get really tired but again i think that's just that's just time and trying <laughs> really hard time in the water form. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one thing about swimming, man. It's just a lot of swimming, right? And and the 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 more you do, the better. And luckily, like you said, it doesn't beat you up. You're able to. There's no reason you can't do a lot of swimming, barring that you don't injure something, right? A rotator cuff or something like that. But I mean, you, you really can spend the time in the pool. There's no shortcut. <laughs> yeah. So I tend to do the same thing. Where I, as I get tired, I. Um, and when I, when I enter, I twist my hand, like I overturn my hand. So it kind of goes in sideways. Well, I'm not sure what happened, but it looked like Ari disconnected for some reason. Either he lost his internet connection or his phone or PC might have died. But uh, we will see if uh, I was giving him a few minutes to see if he could reconnect, but he can't. And uh, we may just have to finish our conversation at another time. But uh 
we got through almost all of it and uh, we were up to where he's at in New Hampshire. I was hoping to find out what, uh, what was on the uh, list of, of races he had coming up and, and kind of what the future plans were. And with any luck, maybe we'll reconnect and we'll finish the end of this. But if not, this might just be the end of the show. All right. I just ended the show. I was like, I don't know what happened. Something happened. So, all right. What happened? This is this is going to be great. This is just ultimate drug pro hour. <laughs> so I was in the uh, the sort of apartment clubhouse uh, business center, quieter place, so my roommates wouldn't interrupt. And uh, I was hotspotting with my phone for whatever reason. The Wi-Fi in there didn't work. Phone dies. Uh, so all of a sudden the connection goes. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then um, it takes me a minute to realize that my phone is dead. So I keep trying to connect to the the clubhouse wi-fi it's not working so eventually i leave i'm like okay i'll go back to my apartment um bit of a walk and i realize now that i don't have my key uh so i'm stuck outside my building <laughs> and my phone's dead so i can't i can't call my roommates um so i'll have to wait till either someone comes in um or i can probably text them on my computer but i'm close enough to the apartment that i can get back on the apartment wi-fi so <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, something happened. Power went out. Phone died. Something, something, something went wrong. Well, well, I'm not going to make you stand outside too long, but uh, thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, dude. Thanks for having me. It was really great talking to you. It'll be fun. At some point, I will. We'll have to get you back on, maybe after a few more races, and just see how things are going. But I will ask you real quick: yeah. Is there any anything on your schedule you're uh, willing to share as far as what what you've got planned? Yeah. So next race is going to be uh, seventy point three uh, Indian Wells. So I will be there December fifth. Ah, yeah. I'm racing I'll see you there. I'm trying to qualify awesome. for uh, for you know worlds. I guess. Uh, I technically am too. I guess, you know, it's not the, the biggest thing on my mind. I'm still just trying to get more experience racing. But uh, yeah, so that's the next one on the calendar. And uh, it'll just give me, you know, that'll be three months, over three months from Maine to just keep working on that swim. Um, so that's kind of the goal is just to be, be in a position to race differently, you know, literally be a different athlete uh, that's awesome. in that race and, and be able to just actually swim, swim in the pack and um bike with people you know sort of be in the race next time so um, sure. just, yeah more time more time to train more time to get used to all the fatigue and then uh yeah so that's that's up next awesome well yeah i have arizona in a few weeks 70.3 and then la quinta is nice. the next thing on my on my list so it'd be awesome i know awesome. you will be busy and you will be focused on the race but uh it'd be awesome to maybe uh yeah we'll connect we'll for a for minute sure. yeah awesome absolutely all right. Well, good luck getting into your apartment. Yeah. And I will link all of your info, where they can find you and all of that. And I'll be looking forward to the next video, man. Awesome, man. Thank you. All right. All right. Talk soon. Take care. Take care, man.